And now, a word from our sponsors. Now available on Amazon.com in print and Kindle. From Sweetie Cat Press, the who's who of emerging writers 2021, which includes the bios of 128 modern day writers and seven essays by writing influencers. The bios answer the questions. What do they write? Where do they live? When did they start writing? Why do they write? And how you can find out more about them and more. I'm Christopher Bice. I'm the author of a New Age poetry book called Escaping the Darkness, Running from My Dreams. This isn't one of your grandmother's poetry books. Okay, I do some traditional poetry of love, death, and inspirations. But I also write about all the insanity hiding in my mind. Come experience the stories that are fleeing a tortured mind. Ride the wave of emotion and fear. Shed a tear, find the light, or maybe learn to fear the darkness. We're in the final countdown. Look for my book, Escaping the Darkness, coming this June. And tell your grandma to stay away. Submissions are now open until August 1st for the Sweetie Cat Press Anthology, The Whole Wide World. The submissions should be episodes of no more than 3,000 words and as few as 50 words about the worldwide adventures of Detective Curly Knucklewad and his assistant, Miss Wanda Wowser, as they go on a manhunt for the unknown thief of the limp noodle sauce recipe stolen from the secret government food laboratory in San Francisco. Submission guidelines are in the blog section of the Sweetie Cat Press website at sweetiecatpress.com. That's sweetiecatpress.com. S-W-E-E-T-Y-C-A-T-P-R-E-S-S dot com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Mythbits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Mythbits. We are your hosts, Jenna and Joe Sparks, and this is episode 133. Welcome. Welcome to the world of Myth Bits. We have a small little chunk of housekeeping to update all of you lovely, lovely people. So first and foremost, the board of directors voted to postpone Myth Mart's opening to mid-June due to slow shipping with USPS, which I know is becoming a little bit more of a problem, so yay. Uh, (laughs) That was a sarcastic yay. Uh, Next... All of the Dark Myth comic books are expected to be sent to the editor-in-chief for final review and approval this week. And the World of Myth is looking for submissions for June's issue. It appears that Stephanie won this month's Member of the Month. Yay! Applause, applause, applause. Not surprised. I, I loved that story. Absolutely. And if you haven't gotten a chance to read uh, May's issue, go back and read it and also read Stephanie's story because it is phenomenal. And next up, PCE Scare Fair is gearing up to be 
huge, gigantic, uh, <laughs> as we have stopped vendor applications and have formally requested to have both buildings at the San Bernardino Fairgrounds. I have been a small part of the in, you know, of what's going on. Holy crap. Yeah, like I am genuinely astonished. Big this thing is going to be and so, so excited. I don't think our location, you know, in, in our little town high <laughs> desert uh, could even fathom something this big, you know what I mean? So I'm so excited, so stoked, so proud of everybody involved, myself included, but everybody who's got their heads on their shoulders and doing amazing, amazing, amazing work and the tough work, the exhausting work, the up until, you know, 4 a.m. making calls work, and I just genuinely appreciate it all. Good work, everybody. Chris Bice's book of poetry has an end-of-month release date of June 28th. So look out for that. If you heard our little ad at the beginning of the episode, you will know this. And finally, probably the news everybody is waiting for, the final two contestants moving on to the next round of the Open Contract Challenge are contestant number nine, Jason Lees, and contestant number 10, Lynn McGonagall-Clark. So a major congratulations to you both. Super stoked for the results. Congratulations, guys. So I have been fairly vocal about my mental state for the past six months, 2021. All of 2021 has been a joy for Jenna. And, and not all bad. At the beginning of the year, started with a ton of projects and now we're already in the middle of the year. And it's weird because, like, my brain seemed to flip a switch. And I think it was when I was illustrating for Unicorn that I was, from the minute I woke up until the minute I went to bed, I was working. I tend to, to be like that as it is. Like, I hyper-focus. Like, I have to have a reminder to, like, eat because <laughs> I can get so entrenched in what I'm doing. But my brain, for some reason, has not allowed me to stop. So I, even though I'm done illustrating, I'm still, like, hounding to, to keep myself working. And I know that's really not healthy because it's so hard for me to turn it off and just kind of not think about working or projects or anything like that. But that being said, you know, it's also kind of like my my biggest dream because essentially I'm doing everything I've wanted to ever do. Uh, so I can't, I can't complain too much, but I want my brain just to kind of, you know, like just quiet for a little while. Luckily, for like an hour or two at night, me and the nephew sit down and we play uh, Resident Evil, we're currently going through Resident Evil 3, the remake, so that's been fun and kind of helps stagger my way to to calm and rest, oddly enough. But yeah, I think one of the, the worst attributes of kind of having that, that mentality is I know burnout's going to come, and I know I'm going to just exhaust myself, <laughs> and I know that because creatively... I am starting to just wah, wah, you know, just the Energizer Bunny is no longer 
leaping forward with as much urgency. And thusly is the trial and tribulations of the creative. Because you always have such a large pool to fill with all these ideas. And then once you start getting the ball rolling, you know, sometimes you find yourself at the at the side of the edge of the cliff and you're like, oh, this boulder's coming, buddy. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear like a lot of creatives when they say that they're always working on something, right? They're always working on something and there's always something in the in the uh, process or something's coming out. You know, they got this, they're working on this and this and this, you know. And it's always like a, it's always like a unseen, well, I don't want to say unseen, but it's the unseen hustle. And it's always like when people are hustling and they throw around the term, well, you got to hustle this or hustle that. And it's like, well, you're always hustling the idea, right? So now we find ourselves in this weird idea to where it's like, okay, now we are hustlers, but you're hustling an idea. You're not hustling for monetary gain. You're hustling the idea. Yeah. Right? Or you're hustling your voice or your talent or your, you know. That came about because I was, I have not seen it yet, or we have not seen it yet. Girls 5 ever. Big fan of Sarah Borelli's. I even put my hand on the old little chest there in case, you know, for the visual aspect of the thumb and the four fingers touching gently upon the peck. Big fan. I watched a uh, um, interview with Sarah Borelli's on this thing called Elle. She was doing this, like, this song uh, association thing. So she's doing this song association against these words that are obviously associated to, to, to every song out there. When you think back, she's published like two books. How many Grammys does she have? I can't tell you. I'm sorry right now. I can't tell you. But how many Grammys does she have? Right? And how many albums? She is a true go-getter because now she has the TV show. Right? Um, in one of her books that I was reading... She has, uh, like, a theatrical background a bit, right? It's odd. I'm just going to say, like, it's it's odd, like, when you, you branch out and you have, like, all of these aspects over, like, one, one thing. It's weird, like, when you meet, like, plenty of other creatives out there and they have all these other talents and everything like that, you know? I'm not sure if you, well, obviously you did here in the... In the uh, advertisements right there. Our own Stephanie Barty or Lupo Barty did the voicings for the promos for uh, Sweetie Cat in the beginning of the episode, as you heard, I'm sure. She's got an amazing narrative voice. Absolutely. She's got that. Right? She's got the deep. <laughs> she's got the deepness going, you know? It's just, it's so soothing. Like, if Stephanie could do, like, like her own, own like, calm channel for meditation... That's her next. That's her next goal. I'm gonna should, do it. I should just do like the octave, the pitch shift octave for her voice, just to see what would happen. So where does that put you though? But the 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 the, the main point of that is is because you have like the burnout one night. Yeah, I'm doing the graphics for Scarefare. I took on a personal commission, which I really push not to take on, uh, <laughs> but I did. Uh, let's see what else. A couple other little jobs. I still have people to write back. Like, I, I just, I... And then I still have to do my own stuff for Scarefair. You know, like, because I am so eager for the convention circuit and all that. So, like, I'm super stoked. And I already have plans for pieces I want to do for Scarefair. But it's it's getting there and doing them. <laughs> 
that's the choice. How would you feel, though, that your your best poise of action is against that burnout feeling that you feel? To not think on it. <laughs> um, it's hard because I, I know it's going to hit me. But I think part of it is, like I said, remembering to, you know, and, and if you talk to me ever, like on a personal level, and especially, you know, like talking to Dave and, and even, you know, just other, you know, friends and, and whatnot, like I'm I'm always advocating like take a break your project will be there tomorrow like it's okay I don't always follow my own advice but I try so like I said you know like at nighttime I try to remember to hang my projects up for you know a couple hours at night before I plan on going to bed I sit down with my nephew we play some Resident Evil or whatever video games or we watch a show or something just it's that like that reminder that I can take a minute, even no matter how urgent a project is, is it going to pay off for me to stress over doing it right this minute and getting it done? Is it going to benefit myself and the recipient of, say, the commission or whatever to have me at my best? So that's after a little bit of rest, after just kind of calming myself down, after maybe having, you know, a snack I've been saving, like, uh, you know what I mean? So that's kind of my biggest preserver, I guess you could say, is, is trying to remind myself to step away when I start to feel it. And hopefully, because I wasn't always like this. I used to be like, I've never, I'm, I'm never a ha- like perfect happy medium kind of person. And I don't know many people who are where either I overwork myself or I underwork myself. So either I am completely lazy, uh, whatever that definition means to you. <laughs> like either I just have no motivation. I will not do it. That also comes from some mental health issues, but that's part of it. Or I, like I said, hyper-focus and obsess over stuff, over my projects, over my work. I, you know, would rather hyper-focus, you know what I mean? Because for me, it's like, if I'm not, if I'm not hyper-focusing, I'm still thinking about, you know, and and again, this is my own mental health joys and struggles, (laughs) but also, you know, societally based concepts and notions that if I'm not working, if I'm not moving, if I'm not putting energy towards something, I am a waste of space. I hear that's a cultural thing, though. Yeah. I hear hear, uh, over in certain other countries, whatnot, that doesn't exist. Oh, I'm not going to name him (laughs) because good old man. Remember that dude David Goggins I told you about? That dude David Goggins, he like runs like a bunch of miles mm-hmm. every morning and then starts his day. So he like <laughs> runs five miles, then starts his day. So he posts these videos on like his Instagram. Yeah. Right? So he's sitting there running and he's like, you know what I do? You know what I do when I'm not feeling it? I, I record myself in the morning, you know? So I record myself in the morning. If I don't want to run, I'm looking at the shoes. I'm looking at the shoes. And I'm just telling myself I don't want to look at the shoes and I don't want to go running. Right. So you know what I do? I record myself. And when I record myself, I play it back in my ear. And when I play it back in my ear, I sound like a little. And then he, he's like, and he's like, no. So then I play it back. I don't like the way I sound. So I run. I put the shoes on and I run. Like if you, you, you should check them out. I think That's I, what it's I, like on my brain. I like, think I noticed. <laughs> I think I, I, I mentioned him a couple of times yeah. on, on the show here. He's just a little, he's just a little dose in the morning. Right. We just like pop him on. My favorite thing, though, in the mornings is ear training, right? So I'll do ear training in the morning. 
for those who are unaware, ear training is when I listen to pieces uh, of, of music, right? And I have to differentiate between the different pitches and everything. Although, I have a sneaking feeling that most of the people know what that is that are listening to us right now. Mm-hmm. You know, as I said earlier about the multifaceted realm of the creative, right? Even though I don't draw per chance, I know what it takes. Mm-hmm. Even though I have drawn. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I still have pieces on the Instagram, actually. So that, that, that's probably a big giveaway. I don't know. <laughs> You're sitting there making the sound effects. Do you make sound effects when you're drawing no. the portraits? When you're drawing the portraits that and you're like, so pretty. No. Pew, pew. Even though I do love when I'm just doing a light shade, you know, with my graphite. And depending on, it's, it, I hate the sound of hard pencils because it's just so like, uh, it, you it, hear it? Yeah, it, it, the the harder the pencil, just the less aesthetically pleasing it is to your ear, for me personally. But the minute I get a soft pencil and I just start layering that and I hear that, I'm just like, this is my meditative place. You know, it just, it it feels so good just to hear that. And if you have, I think I've, I've complained about it before, but like if you have a really good pencil... That is just like butter. You know, if you get pencils, unfortunately, I don't want to call them out, but uh, Prismacolor, I've learned, are uh, very grainy and not smooth and consistent. Um, they're if graphite. If you'd like a spot for sponsorship, please <laughs> email me at... No, I, I used to be like the biggest Prismacolor, uh, the turquoise stan. But then I got my hands on the Karandosh Graphwood pencils. They're a little pricier, but they are so worth it because they are just the smoothest, like, creamiest graphite. And they're not grainy. They're not, you know, they're, they're, it's just so consistent, so smooth. Even, you know, when you get into the harder the pencil, they're, it's not grainy. It's... Uh, so the, I, these pencils can't be 100% graphite then, right? Yeah, they are. It's just the, through the refinery. So you think the refinery through the machinery is what really gives it the... Yeah. I wonder why then they wouldn't refine it to the best consistency. I wonder how much time because it takes. Because it's faster yeah, to how, not. <laughs> how much time it would take to actually run that through the machine. But even with... Uh, this, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to stop saying the, the name of the company so I don't get in trouble for some kind of libel or anything. If you would like sponsorship... <laughs> Please email me at... If Corondosh wants to sponsor me, they absolutely can in a heartbeat. I would be the proudest representative of their company because ever since I found their pencils, yeah. But no, with... If you're listening, please reach out. <laughs> with the other company, with the other product, their colored pencils have really apparently, I've heard from other artists, have been like degrading in quality because apparently they've moved manufacturing and they're, they've shifted their formulas to make it cheaper for, for them to produce as a lot of companies do and i think everybody who uses that brand of colored pencil will agree that it definitely has it it has advantages you know but it also has a lot of um disadvantages (laughs) but my point is yeah it's it sucks because like when i first started drawing that was the brand that i used uh the graphite and i thought this was great you know i thought these were 
you know, nice high quality pencils and they weren't not high quality pencils. But like I said, there's a huge difference between, you know, that it, it just every when I I try to show people like like I'm like feel the difference between these pencils, like skate this 6B across the paper, you know, and, and you'll feel the difference between. For those wondering, the B is for black. So you go up these scales. So you have higher scales of black and higher scales of what you would call the hardness, right? So mm -hmm. you have, what's the highest number of black they have? You uh, have. Typically an eight. So an eight. So you have eight B to eight H. Mm, no, I think it's 4H is the highest. 4H. Okay. I may be totally wrong. I don't typically use hard pencils. Somebody Google her. So, yeah, that may need to be super corrected. I, I don't, like I said, like the hardest pencil I'll use is sometimes an H. And the, you know, because the, the, it just, it's, I don't, I don't really ever need super hard pencils for the kind of work I do. Like they come in handy every, every once in a while, but yeah, I tend to kind of stick to the, <laughs> The bees. Those are my, that's my, my happy place. Those are the softest leads. And then, of course, your paper has, has a lot to do with it, to your surface. So, uh, you get something toothier, you're going to have a hole. It's almost like it's like a, it's almost like it would be an audible, therapeutic. Mm hmm It is. It's, thing. it's very auditory when you kind of know what to listen for, um, to, uh, feel and hear, inconsistencies because sometimes you can't see it like there there are points where you know your surface may actually wind up being scarred if you're using like I said a, a, a lower grade pencil and it could actually scar the your surface and you oh, will feel it or hear it you won't see it but you'll hear it or feel it like it will be there like it's yeah so so I was like doodling out the scene from Blades of Glory while well, I was doodling out Will Arnett on the on the little bear rug where he's like, what a couple of freaks. Um, I remember like I had my pencil and I'm just going across it because I have a heavy hand and everything, mm -hmm. you know. If you, you, look, should, you should hear this man type. It is horrendous. If you listen, if you listen to Sophia, that typing sound, that was me typing. So that was the. But that's that's genuinely a, a gentler sound than it makes when he types. It is like smash key, I, smash that's cause I, key. Just because I think it was intentional. I was trying to intentionally make that typing sound. So like when I'm not, and all you hear is you can be outside of the room and you hear me typing. Yeah. On the keyboard. Right. Uh, luckily, though, that has uh, cleaned itself up. Right after starting to play the the piano and having to get the dynamics and everything perfectly, because I can't sit there and just pound the keys. Right, can't pound them. <laughs> Even though I actually did when I was learning how to like cover cover certain songs, and that would the first one was uh, "Stay" right mm -hmm. by Rihanna. Uh, even though like four different writers run on that song, um, and you like sit there, you have the first and then the inversions off of the chords, and I'm hitting the chords, and I'm like, this isn't sounding right. This doesn't sound right. <laughs> Anyways, the heavy hand on Will Arnett's face, and got a little little shred on the paper just a little bit. Yeah. Also, want to erase, like a problem with that eraser. You know, That's why you, you don't sit there and skirt it back and Absolutely. forth like that, like aggressively. I learned a lot that, okay, yeah. so apparently I learned 
that it's not the paper that you're erasing. You're erasing the work off of the paper because when you erase, you take the material with it. Mm-hmm. I had never known that until you're like, oh, you can't do it that way. You're taking the paper off. I'm like, that would explain that little hole right there. <laughs> you know, I can see table through that thing. We'll just put a little, we'll just put a little uh, accidental next to that thing. Right? <laughs> Part of the picture. That's when you tape some paper up underneath it. Yeah, tape the paper up underneath <laughs> it and it's like, ah, put this on the layer right there, right? And then that's just a little speaking hole. But luckily, like, the heavy hand comes in, in use, like, when you're doing, like, like string slaps and stuff like that on the old cue stick right there. Yeah, my hands are, are far too dainty for such an act. <laughs> <laughs> like you you keep trying to get me to play bass and I'm like I don't want to ruin these fingers that hopefully one day I can assure insure for millions of dollars <laughs> do artists insure their hands I don't know okay it just always makes me think of um Zoolander mm-hmm. the male model having them in the you know like little cases I think you play bass though I just create us a couple of bracelets this is what would Sarah do in reference to Sarah Borelli's. Sarah Borelli's. <laughs> Going back. <laughs> Which I'm surprised. Like, not many people had heard of it, but like during the pandemic when that first kicked off, uh, Sarah Borelli's and Nora Jones actually created these YouTube channels to where they were playing inside of their uh, establishments. So they're, they're, they're like Nora Jones was. She she had created this environment. She plays the piano during the first like wave of covid you know and then um uh, i think sarah borelli's is is uh butter sarah something like that on, on youtube right there so you know what you should do is draw sarah borelli's on to give her a little little kick give her a little portrait kick push it out there into the ether you know i'm sure she would appreciate that she titled this episode Sarah Borelli's. <laughs> An ode to Sarah Borelli's. Who are you planning on drawing for Scare Bear? Oh, okay. So, again, uh, really, really, really obsessed with Resident Evil Village. So I really want to do, uh, if if you're familiar with the game or have seen... Did they ever show that character? What character? The main character from Village? Because it's first person game, right? Yeah. Did they ever show him? No. 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 I mean, like, you, you have an idea what he looks like, but you don't ever actually see his face. I like that. But, uh, no, I'm not going to be drawing Ethan. Uh, <laughs> so, if again, if, if, you're, if you're familiar with the game, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. If you're not familiar with the game, enjoy. With Resident Evil Village, you have a lot of uh, basically four quote-unquote siblings who, you know, each one is basically a, a boss fight for for every level so the first boss is lady d uh i uh call her other things in my personal life that i will not repeat over this podcast who is lady d (laughs) (laughs) getting to that so lady d is this 10 foot tall boss lady (laughs) i'm trying to be very mindful of my words here and she's amazing she's awesome she's got literally killer nails uh she's just a really really cool character and uh it's kind of funny because i have a friend who kind of looks like her 
And I was like, you need to cosplay as her. And she's like, I was thinking about it. So we we're going through and like overanalyzing this character's design. Uh, the character design is, is gorgeous, though. Um, anyway, so I really want to draw her. Um, then my favorite character from the game is uh, Donna Beneviento. And Donna, I'm not going to get too into it because if you are waiting to play it or you haven't played it and you want to play it, I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, she's she's not a huge role, but it's just enough to be impactful. And for me personally, like a lot of the Resident Evil games, there there are parts that are obviously scarier than others. This chapter in the game to me was so magnificently horrific. And I love that. I loved genuinely being spooked you know like I it was so worth it and so of course that immediately like triggers this this joy in my brain <laughs> that like oh this is genuinely scary and I enjoyed it because I'm a weirdo like that and apparently love things that scare me fictionally so anyway Donna has a doll again I'm going to keep this spoiler free named Angie and I love Angie to death she is my favorite character I want to draw her so bad and so that's that's kind of where my my main focus is going to be when I finally start to sit down then I really want to do because you you guys know that like I'm obsessed with what we do in the shadows. <laughs> it's just become a happy place for me. So, of course, I want to do some what we do in the shadows pieces. You know, I, I think that could be a lot of fun. And, I mean, like, there's, I have a whole list, like, of, of projects that has been accumulating for the past, like, five years. I've barely even scratched the surface of it. So, hopefully, I can finally start to actually, like, etch away at it. Because I know I still want to do, like, uh, Lucy from Bram Stoker's Dracula. I still want to do... Oh my god, there's so many pieces I want to do. I still want to do another Farusha Bach from The Craft and other films because I did a big-eyed portrait of her and I want to do just a regular realistic portrait. I'm sorry. I, I haven't gotten to talk about art like this like in extents for a minute. What film <laughs> was she just recently in that we saw? We're like, oh, is it Paradise City? That's right, Paradise City. Yo, yeah. are you gonna do one from them? I don't know. I don't know if I care enough. <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, like, I don't know. Black Veil Brides. I still have some some issues I'm working through with that. Anyway, that's that's a whole other personal thing that Jenna's working <laughs> through. <laughs> That I think I'll forever be working through. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I have a lot of goals to present some really fun pieces for Scarefair and maybe some surprises. And I still have to. Oh, I still have to. I have I have so many things that I have to do, you know. You still have Penny from the Magicians. I still owe a lot of people Penny. They're right waiting. Yeah, you're going to have like a little cluster yeah. Sale on that one. No sale. Yeah. <laughs> because so far I've got five, six, five, six pieces for the magicians. Sorry. I also got to get a tattoo the other day and I was sitting for like four hours with the artist. I miss talking about art with people. <laughs> you know? Well, there's going to be plenty of that coming up. Yeah. 
are you planning on doing in the next couple months? Nothing. No. Well, we have, technically, we have Sophia coming out on there on the, the new podcast coming out there. So we got Sophia coming through. Um, we actually have uh, voice actors set up on there. I'm getting the music together. I got the little jazz pieces coming through. I'm thinking of actually getting a musician, actually, that plays the saxophone in on the project. So that would be pretty dope. Um, well, luckily, though, also coming up, too, is because we uh, have... Um, we have Don DeBrawl coming up on the next issue, issue 97, uh, review. I have Don's production coming up, and apparently, from what we have released earlier today, now we have Miss Stephanie Barty's coming up after that for yeah. next month. So that one will be, be so much. Yeah, that one will be a treat right there. So we got that one coming up. Um, but as far as projects go, that's pretty much the main focus is, um, getting the new Sophia project up and off of the, off of the, uh, the little mind stone right there and into a real realm, you know. See, come to fruition. It's fun. It's really fun to figure out, you know, we were kind of talking about it yesterday where it's like, you know, uh, a lot of, you know, you think about like radio, back basically in its inception and and how we had like the radio dramas the radio shows and and whatnot and then you know we got television and then all that fun stuff and it was all visual and so you know while we still had like audiobooks and all that and then eventually we got you know podcasts but now you know seeing how things are kind of reverting back to radio and trying to learn and understand and figure out the best way to present work strictly through what you're hearing is it's fun it is so much fun because it's it's something you don't think about because you know on that same hand my my niece or our niece she's deaf and so we have to be very uh considerate with the things that she is seeing, you know, because obviously she's she's seeing things more than she's not hearing them. So you can have a lot of things that obviously don't have context without any kind of spoken word or even audio descriptors um, for her to read. And so it's interesting. It's really it's very interesting when you really start to kind of focus in on those things. And so it works you know, with with the audio factors, you know, things that just will, you have to really think about how it's going to uh, be articulated from how you're envisioning it instead to how you're hearing it. And I think it's really fun. It's so much fun to really kind of understand it. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I was saying, it's like, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it, it's, it's definitely a challenge. You know, it's definitely a challenge to convert. It's definitely a challenge to convert ideas and visions in your own mind into an auditorial aspect. Luckily, luckily, being children of the cinema has definitely helped in this large realm. You know, because it's a little easier to transcribe or transpose these things when you have an idea of what they should sound like already. Mm -hmm. I would also really like to jump in really quick and say one final thing is that for the, like, since I was a child, I always thought one of the funnest 
jobs would be designing sound effects. Like, and I'm not talking necessarily about just, like, you know, the the huge ones, you know. Like, you look into what went into creating, like, the T-Rex in uh, Jurassic Park and stuff. Like, great, great things. Amazing, interesting. But, like, the the very little things, you know, the, the footsteps or, you know, uh, a face slap, you know, things like that. Like, I always thought that would just be so much fun fun right. to figure out. So now we finally get to do that. So thank you. Absolutely. Because we got that covered now. Mm-hmm. Well, that it's, it's just fun to kind of sit there and think about like, okay, you know, cause one of the things we were trying to figure out is, um, bone, like bones cracking, you know, for, mm-hmm. for something. Right. And trying to kind of, uh, conceptualize exactly what that might sound like and how we can get that sound. All right. We will be back next week. So until then, you can find us at www.theworldofmyth.com on Facebook and Twitter at the World of Myth Bits Podcast and the World of Myth Magazine and on Instagram at the World of Myth Bits. And also, last week, I made a really stupid, stupid choice, or not choice, just accident, Uh, and I gave you the wrong web address for Scarefare, so I would like to amend that. And the website for Scarefare is jzomon, J-A-Y-Z-O-M-O-N. S, Jaysomon's popcultureexpo.com. All right. So that's been fixed. <laughs> I hate when I do that. All right. Thank you for sticking with us through a mental rambling episode. Thank you for listening. It was fun. Until next time. Mm-hmm.